ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh, yeah. To Peach Day Tailgate, the sports podcast. I am Kenny Cochran, and it is great to be back. Jake, you look great. I'm excited. How man, are you feeling? Man, man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I had this little itch going on these past couple weeks. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to say something. College football season's rolling back around. If you guys don't know, um, the NFL is rolling back around. If you guys don't know. Um, and another thing, if you guys don't know, we haven't done a podcast in quite some time. I believe the last podcast we had did was part two of our mock draft. So we have not really talked about much recently. And for the main part of that is um, me and Kenny are big baseball fans. But then Bravos, they go every single night. And it is very hard to get on here and try to recap something that's going on every single night. And if you guys don't notice, the backdrop is different for me. Some big changes have happened. Jake lives in a new place by himself. So life's been going on fast. Um, Things have started to settle down a little bit for for me especially. And uh, I'm excited to get things back started, man. I'm really excited, Kitty. I'm happy that you had... Ask me if I wanted to do this again with you. Um, and, dude, I think that this is going to be a banger episode because we did the same exact thing last year really, really early on. I want to say it was one of our first five episodes we did, and it was probably one of my favorite episodes we did. So I'm very, very excited. Well, that's the whole thing with college football, right? I mean, college football season comes back around. It's like 90% of the fun is the hype. And uh, what – I mean, what better way to get hyped for college football season than to have an absolutely ignorant overreaction of a schedule prediction? Exactly. I agree 100%. Um, this this uh, schedule prediction is going to be great. I'm so excited for this. Exactly. And that, and that is what we're bringing to y'all today on, uh, on this episode here. We got SEC East and West uh, scheduled predictions. Well, not scheduled predictions, but scheduled projections. Uh, we got the, uh, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, is what I'm going off of, Jake. Yes, I sir, I did as well. So, going off of FanDuel's over-under for win totals for SEC teams. East and West, Jake and I have our predictions. Uh, we'll do probably a quick little schedule run-through. What games we think will be for sure wins, for sure losses, maybe some key games that could sway that. And then where we think the over-under, well, not where we think it should be. I mean, for the most part, and I'll go ahead and say this, I think they pretty much hit the nail on the head. And, and there's a couple I may be, you know, on the fence about, but for the most part, these are pretty solid numbers. But we'll give you our take on where we think the teams will end up at the end of the season, and we'll kind of compare and uh, maybe even throw a little money on the line. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, I, I agree with you on most of those things, definitely, that these lines are pretty, pretty spot on. There was, I was over here making my predictions, and or my projections, and I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm kind of high on these teams. And some of these teams I was high on, don't get me wrong, and uh, some of these teams, not so much. There's a couple teams in here that I think I could hit that under on, and I would be, you know, I'd make my money. So I'm excited to see what you think, too. Yeah, I bet. I bet we're gonna have some disagreements. Maybe not necessarily disagreements, but maybe two different thought processes with different teams. And I bet there's gonna be a lot of similarities too. There's a, I know a couple of key ones that I saw on here that, as soon as I saw them, they were like, "Oh yeah, that's that's automatic." So I bet you had the same reaction. Um, one thing I want to say before we get started. Last year, Kenny and I made it eight points week after week. Um even preseason, to get on a certain man with the name of Anthony Richardson 
That man is no longer at the University of Florida. He is now playing the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. Now we have to worry about Graham Mertz. Graham freaking Mertz. A guy with that name is going to be the guy we get to pick on every single week, and that just makes me so, so excited. Florida fans, I'm sorry. It's fun, isn't it? I mean, you go from a guy like Anthony Richardson, and we can talk all the smack we want to on Anthony Richardson. The numbers aren't amazing for the college career, but the intangibles were certainly there. Um, Graham Mertz, but he doesn't have either. Yeah. <laughs> he's just garbage. <laughs> he, I mean, the best thing he's got going for him is his haircut. Other than that, I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Um, I, Florida, they've been on the downtrend for a couple years now. They had some highlight moments with AR, like we just said, but hey. You lose a guy as dynamic as Anthony Richardson and bring in a guy with the with the name Graham Mertz. It's uh it's gonna be interesting for uh for the old Gators this year. Yeah, definitely. Um I don't know how you want to get this started. I don't know if you want to start in the West or start in the East or just kind of break off, you know, I I think we should go one side of the conference and the other side of the conference and work our way from bottom to top. I don't know if you want to start east, start west, how you want to do that. I tell you what, why don't we start east? Um, and we'll just start with Georgia. That one's pretty easy for both of us. Yeah. Um, the over under by FanDuel is currently set at eleven and a half wins. And uh, my record prediction, I have Georgia's prediction as twelve and zero. If you remember last year, me and Kenny both did Georgia and Alabama at twelve and zero because it is very very hard to look at that schedule and point out one spot that they will lose. Now I will say this. Would I put my money on over 11 and a half? Probably not. I love the dogs so much, but I've watched enough college football in my days to realize that it is very, very easy to have one slip up. That does not mean your season's ruined. Georgia could lose one of these games and still win the national championship. But mm-hmm. we saw it last year. It almost happened last year. Um, I have met 12 and 0, so obviously I guess I have met the over, but I don't think this is when I put my money on. This is the best team in college football, no doubt in my mind. Um, it's just hard to go a full season without losing one game. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I'm on Georgia with 12 wins as well. That over under of 11 and a half, it looks kind of wild when you look at it, but it's the right number. I think last year both Alabama and Georgia were set at 10 and a half, and that was an easy over. Georgia's not going to slip up more than once. It's going to be one time, and that would it, max. I love the dogs. Um, you get plus money if you take the over, but there's just not enough juice there for me. Um, you get your money back plus a little, a little extra off the top. But um, yeah, I mean, smart betting. I mean, unless you're laying down a heavy wager, there it's just the return's not there for uh, for me at least um, with eleven and a half. You just don't have enough play, especially after you lose your, um, you know, you're out of conference with Oklahoma. Now you you get that replaced with Ball State. I will agree with people. The schedule does look pretty light. Um, it's not Georgia's fault, though. Like, everybody keeps on trying to push the narrative that somehow Georgia picked this cupcake schedule and we're just, you know, rolling with it. Like, we can't really help the situation we're in. You do have a couple key games. Um, week 5 at Auburn. I do think this Auburn team is going to be improved. Um, also, I'm kind of eyeballing a little bit of Kentucky action this year. Devin Leary kind of scares me if they can somewhat revamp that offense to what it was two years ago and then insert a quarterback like Devin Leary, what he was back in 2021. I think Kentucky could be kind of scary. Um, other than that, at Tennessee could be scary. I think Tennessee is going to take a little step back this year. 
You also have a Week 11 game versus Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss might be one of the better teams in the West, but I don't think it's going to be too big of a problem because we are playing at home. Yeah, I, I agree with you on a lot of points there. I'm actually trying to pull up that UT Martin line. I haven't even looked at it. Um, minus 71. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know that. for sure. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm, 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 I'm just saying numbers. Um, I don't, even... I don't think it has a line, honestly. Yeah, it probably I don't. Right. I don't see a line for it. I don't either. Yeah, I mean that. It may be a uh, close to, close to game time type deal for that if yeah. we even get one. Yeah, you'll probably be able to find one out there somewhere. I don't find I'm not seeing one either. So, um, no. but no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Jake. I mean, looking at the schedule. You open it up, you know, with the notorious cupcake games. Um, like you just mentioned, losing Oklahoma sucks. That was going to be a really fun one. But, hey, we're going to get plenty of Oklahoma in the near future with them making the move. Um, you start off the year with a very, very, very quick one, two, three, four, five, and 0, um, in my opinion. You mentioned it with an improved Auburn team. Um, not necessarily a disagreement there. What does Auburn's quarterback situation look like? Have they give, given the keys to – Robbie Ashford. Um, Robbie Ashford is in town, but he is currently in a quarterback battle with a with a Michigan State's quarterback. His name is slipping my my mind right now. Michigan State's quarterback transferred over. The old guy. Um, if you give me just a couple seconds, I will find you a name. I am. Give me one second. I should have wrote this down. Yeah, but before that game, I mean, you got UT Martin. You open it up with UT Martin at Ball State. It's an easy 2-0 there. South Carolina. I think South Carolina's going to be an improved team. We saw flashes from Spencer Rattler. We've always seen flashes from Spencer, Spencer Rattler. Um, no doubt the talent's there for him. It's always been kind of a scheme slash head game for him, in my opinion. Um, he's in the right situation down there now to, you know, if, if, he's, if he can't make work there, he can't make work anywhere. So he's really got no option. I mean, if he's going to go get a paycheck, this is – this is it for him. So, I think he's poised for a solid year. I really do. Um, and uh, but, but I still think Georgia wins that game pretty comfortably. You go into UAB, same type deal there, and then back to Auburn. Um, Auburn, five days ago, a report came out that Hugh Freeze announced that transfer quarterback Peyton Thorne from Michigan State will be their starting quarterback. He's a junior that had 2,700 yards, 19 tuds, 11 interceptions. He had the 35th best PBR in the nation last year. Okay, well, there you go. But Peyton I do Thorne. think they're also going to use Ashford a little bit because Ashford is an athlete. He can kind of kind of jump around a little I, bit. I actually enjoy Ashford. Um, that quarterback situation there was kind of interesting to me last year anyways with the, you know, they bring in Calzada. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. What, I think he got hurt. I don't know what happened, but I know he was in the mix for a minute and then Ashford kind of took over and, you know, played solid. But – Regardless, I don't care if they've got Cam Newton at quarterback. Um, dogs win that game for sure. Uh, where it gets interesting to me, like you just mentioned, is Kentucky. That October 7th game. Curious to see where that line comes in, but I bet we're a heavy favorite. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very interested. It's probably going to sway. Here's the thing with sports books that you got to watch out for is when Georgia goes in and blows out UT Martin, blows out Ball State, that's not really going to sway lines headed into these SEC games at all because you expect those from both of those teams. So it's easy to look at this and say Georgia's going to come in hot to that Kentucky game and, and have a, a blowout line. 
And, you know, I think it's going to be heavy in the first place. But I think what you got to watch out for is how Kentucky plays early on, how they start their season. Because that line can move and can and the if you're betting Georgia on the – if you're taking the points with Georgia, that, that can move in your favor. Because um, I don't think Georgia's going to get any more slack on the on the points there, and I think Kentucky's going to be the only team that gets a little bit of help there with it. So I'm interested to see where that comes. That will probably be my first, depending on that Auburn line, that will probably be my first heavy bet for Georgia um, with the points is that is that Kentucky game right there. But you mentioned it with Devin Leary coming in. You lose Will Levis. But, man, Kentucky's a little bit slept on too because I think – I mean, I, I can't even remember their names off the top of my head. I'm going to draw a blank. But those two wide receivers they have coming back, that's that that's an elite wide receiver duo in this SEC this year. Yeah. Um, they also added Vanderbilt starting running back last year who had over 1,000 yards. So they yeah. are – I know they're losing Chris Ryder, yes, but they are adding some firepower back at the running back position. So they, they should definitely be an interesting team. Yeah, I'm very interested in Kentucky. Um, then we head on into Vandy the following week. That will be another heavy win. Florida, comfortable there. Missouri, comfortable there. Um, and then, interesting game, that November 11th Ole Miss game. Um, I don't know what Ole Miss is going to try it out this year. I think they've got a pretty similar team to last year. Um, Lane Kiffin's always going to throw the book at you and give you his best game, but I still think Georgia wins a comfortable game there. But everyone's got November 18th circled in Rocky Top, as they should. That's the game of the year. Depending on how Tennessee plays early on, this game right here decides the East. Um, very, very excited for that game. I think Georgia definitely edges out the win there and then cruises into Tech. So comfortable 12-0 for the dogs. Um, I'm riding with it for sure. Yeah, I love to hear that. I love to hear it. So how about we go to the next probably most simple team in the East. Um, how about we start with Vanderbilt, the lowest over-under projection among any SEC team in general. Um, three and a half. Um, Last year, they were 5-7. and seven. If that shows anything, they did kind of start the season hot because they started off with some cupcake games. I think I want to, start, I want to say they started the season like 3-0 and last year. <laughs> um, this Vanderbilt team is interesting. I will say I am a fan of A.J. Swan. I think A.J. Swan is a solid quarterback. I also like Clark Lay. I like what he's trying to do over there at Vandy. Um, the only problem is... Vanderbilt was not very good last year, and I believe they had to replace their whole front seven on the defensive side of the ball. So <laughs> I don't think they're going to be much better than five and seven. Um, I'll go ahead and give you my record prediction. I have Vanderbilt going three and nine with their three wins coming in week zero against Hawaii, week one against Alabama A&M, and then I have them beating UNLV week three. Um, that's the only three games I have slotted for Vanderbilt to win this coming up season. Okay. All right, I respect that. I've actually, I, I, I got a little bit more love going to Vandy. Um, I've got them with an easy win over Hawaii. I've got them over A and M. I've got them over UNLV. But my kicker is I've got them beating Wake Forest there in week three. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I like this Vandy team because I don't. But I like AJ Swan. And am I stupid, or did they bring back Will Shepard? They definitely brought back Will Shepard, 100%. He came back for that's senior a, year. That's a top five SEC wide receiver right there. And um, didn't they beat somebody big at the end of last season? They beat Kentucky last year. Yeah. Yeah, they beat Kentucky near the end of the year. So 
I know the end of the year wins are kind of, you know, so-so. I mean, I think we saw South Carolina knock down North Carolina and Clemson in, like, back-to-back weeks. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, how realistic some of the stuff. Yeah, and Tennessee. Maybe not North Carolina. I don't know who they beat. But they, I know they beat Cle- – did they beat Clemson and Tennessee? They did. Maybe not North Carolina. But – They hung, like, 70 on Tennessee. Yeah, that was wild. Um, end of the year stuff is crazy. So, you have them going what, – what was your record? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. My fault. We've got them with four wins. Started off the season 4-0 and then losing all your conference play. I respect that. Yeah, I, I've got Vandy with four wins. Um, the Again, the over three and a half here is a minus 170. Um, there's absolutely zero value there if you're looking to take a bit, but I, I like four wins there for Vandy. Yeah, the Wake Forest team, Um, I don't know much about Wake Forest. You know, this college football season is going to be a hard one for me to talk about preseason because there is so much transfer stuff going on. But I will know this. I've watched Wake Forest in the past, and Sam Hartman was a huge part of that football team. Sam Hartman's no longer with that football team. So I don't really know yeah. what to expect from Wake Forest. I put an L right there just because of what we've seen from Wake Forest in the past couple of years. But like I just now mentioned, without Sam Hartman, that team could be bad. Yeah, no, no doubt there. And, and and don't get me wrong, I think this Vandy team can beat a Missouri. I think they can beat a, a, a beat down Florida. On any any given Saturday, I think Vandy can win one of those games. You just mentioned it with Kentucky. Um, definitely not going to pick them to win the game, but I feel confident that they'll be able to get that fourth win. At some point, if they don't get it where I'm expecting against Wake Forest. So. Yeah, and I will say I had them at 3-9, and nine, but I would not bet either way. I would not bet the over-under just for the same things you just mentioned. I could see them winning – a couple of these games. I don't think this Vanderbilt team is quite as bad as what we've seen, you know, in the past. Agreed. All right. So that takes us to our next team, which is the second lowest win total in all of the SEC. Just so happens the two lowest win totals in the SEC are both in the East. And this team is the Florida Gators with a five and a half over under win total. Um, last year, Florida went six and six, so they covered it last year, but we just now mentioned they had a lot more talented quarterback on the football field this year or last year. Um, I think they've done a little bit of stuff with recruiting Billy Napier. It's going to be a season that he is in line to possibly lose his job. if He doesn't do something. And they did get a guy who they're claiming is their guy with Graham Mertz. Um, I've seen people saying that they had the choice among any transfer quarterback in the nation. They didn't go no Tanner McKee or. Phil Jerkovich or Sam Hartman or Devin Leary, they want Graham Mertz. So <laughs> we're sitting here looking at Florida. Um, I will go ahead and tell you, I have Florida at three and nine as well, along with Vanderbilt. Oh. I have Florida losing to Utah, beating, was that McNeese? McNeese? McNeese. I have been beating McNeese. I have losing to Tennessee. I have beating Charlotte, losing to Kentucky, beating Vanderbilt, and losing the rest of their games at South Carolina versus Georgia versus Arkansas at LSU at Missouri and versus Florida State. All else. That's, I mean, I love hearing that. Um, absolutely love it. I've got Florida at four wins. I still have them going under that five and a half. Um, I gave them Missouri. I think the, I, it, this is this one I would bet. I would bet under five and a half for Florida. I like it. I really do. You get it at plus money. You get solid value there. It's not crazy, but I really feel comfortable at under five and a half. I mean, you're looking at, does Florida become bowl eligible or do they not? And I no way in hell this team goes bowl eligible when they barely squeaked by last year. 
And honestly, they're playing at LSU, which is tough to play away. You know, it's tough to play LSU at their stadium anyways. And LSU's got to be great this year. Um, and then Arkansas. Arkansas is the team I'm looking at, man. K.J. Jefferson's back. He's he's fully healthy. He kind of struggled with some injury things last year. They also had their stud running back also there still. I think this Arkansas team, last year I was really high on them when we did this thing, and they kind of flopped. I think this year I'm still going to roll in that trade of being high on them. Yeah, I'm high on Arkansas as well. I think Arkansas wins this game pretty pretty heavily. So, um, yeah, no doubt there for me. I can't wait to watch the slaughter show that Florida State puts on them in Week 13. Boy, you and me both. <laughs> it's going to be so sad. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. All right, so now we have two teams right here at six and a half win totals. Kenny, we have Missouri and South Carolina. Which one would you like to do first, my good sir? Let's hit Missouri. All right, Missouri. Last year, Missouri was six and six. Um, there's a little bit of quarterback issues going on right there right now. Um, I think last year, who was their guy last year at, at Missouri? Hmm. It was uh God Almighty. Why am I drawing a blank? I'm also was, drawing a blank. Uh, Cook. Yep. It What's was his Cook. name? Something Cook. Yeah. Um. Solid year. Yeah, solid year for sure. Um. It was Brady Cook. So Brady Cook. Brady Cook. Brady Cook is back. They also brought in the transfer from Miami, Jake Garcia, who is an interesting player to say the least. I know Miami fans were pretty high on him. He's coming in to possibly give a little competition there. With that being said, this Missouri team last year was not that bad. They played some decent football. You know, a six and six record. Um, this is gonna might might sound crazy and surprising. I have Missouri going seven and five with wins Man, against is- South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Memphis, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Florida, and Arkansas. That is very interesting. So I have them going over that win total. Not confidently, but I do have them going over. I'll tell you this, man. I I like Brady Cook. I think he deserves a start job unless Garcia beats him outright. You look at a dual-threat guy, rushed for 600 yards, six tuds, threw for 2,700 yards, 14 tuds, didn't turn the ball over a ton, good completion percentage, high-efficiency type guy. He's a dog. We've seen him stay in the pocket, take some shots. He can get out there and move if he needs to. But I think what's really going to hurt this team is they lose Dominic Lovett. Yes, um, yes. Now, I will say they've got Luther Burden. Luther yeah. Burden was, I think, the best receiver in the nation. Mm-hmm. Coming out, Missouri guy stayed home. Uh, respect to that. Love seeing that in college football. I think he's poised for a big year. Led the team in touchdowns last year. Um, didn't do you know much in terms of yards, but when you're sitting behind Dominic Lovett, on the depth chart, that makes it a little tough. Obviously, Dominic Lovett's now a Georgia Bulldog. Love to see that. Happy to have him on board. But Luther Burden, man, I think he's poised for a big year, but I still think we're going to see a pretty big fall off in the passing game for Missouri, regardless of who they have at quarterback. Um, with that being said, I have Missouri at five wins this year. Um, I've got them. I've got their five wins coming against South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Memphis, Vandy, Hold on. I lost it. Give it to him. Give it to him.
Technical difficulties. Are you good? Technical difficulties. Going off the dome here because I cannot find it. Sorry, I keep having to mute my mic because I'm sneezing. I don't want to sneeze into the microphone. <laughs> Oh, that's right. This was my asterisk team. I put an asterisk here because I have Missouri at four wins, but I have the kicker there just like I did with Florida, that Mizzou-Florida game. That's the toss-up game for me. I think one of those games sways this team in the other direction. So for Florida, I was on the fence with the Mizzou game. I think I gave Florida credit for the win. but um, So technically, I guess you could say Mizzou. I've got them at four wins this year with the toss-up being that Florida game. I think that game is up for grabs, dude. And I'm actually pretty excited for it late in the season. So one of these teams is going to be over the win total. One of these teams is going to be down. In my book, both are going under according to the sports book. And don't bet it either. Under six and a half wins at minus 142, zero value there. Yeah. Um, maybe my seven and five might be a little bit reached. Like I say, I'm only, you know, half a, half a win outside of, you know, Vegas' projections. I'm, I'm not too far off of what they're thinking is going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Missouri is just one of those teams I feel like I just tune in sometimes. I'm like, okay, this team is actually pretty decent at football. And then there's sometimes you watch and be like, this team is dog shit. So I'm <laughs> 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 just going to put it frank. It, you know, it's kind of strange how it works. Oh, yeah, Missouri. I'm excited to see them play some ball this year, man. That Kansas State game, um, I think that's one that we were pretty excited for last year, too. Mm-hmm. Love to get those uh, out of conference, like those – Mid to low end SEC teams out of conference against ranked teams are usually pretty fun to watch. Oh yeah, always, especially against a ground and pound team like Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Missouri, they should be pretty solid on defense. Um, I think that if their offense can just be average to above average, I think they should have you know put together a decent little season. Agreed. I think Missouri is one of those teams, man. It's uh, they live and die by the quarterback. So whichever direction they go there, if they can get a solid season out of either one of them, you'll see that win total go up. Oh yeah. Um, that takes us to South Carolina, who had the same uh, over/under win total at six and a half. Now, I will say South Carolina did finish the season last year eight and four, but we did mention earlier they did knock off two teams at the end of the season. It kind of seemed like I don't know if it was fluky or if it was real or what happened. We saw Spencer Rattler kind of turn things around and change up a little bit, but can we really, really trust Spencer Rattler? With that being said, I have South Carolina going seven and five, which is over. The six and a half win total. I have them beating North Carolina starting off the season hot, getting excited, man. South Carolina's going to start the season. Shane Beamer is going to bring them boys in, and they're going to knock down, you know, a potential, you know, top tier team in college football. Then I have them beating Furman, and then this is where things go downhill. You go to Georgia in week three, and guess what, buddies? Y'all are losing. And then week four, Mississippi State, that's a dub. Um, week five, you go to Tennessee. They're not quite ready for Tennessee yet. Like I said earlier, I think Tennessee's taking a little step back. I don't think it's going to be this big of a step back, even though they did beat a Tennessee team last year. <laughs> um, Joe Milton had the whole offseason to get into this offense, and last year Tennessee was kind of going through some things whenever South Carolina came rolling in. I think that – was that the game Hendon towards ACL? I think that they, think they, so. they were already beating the brakes off of Tennessee, and I think yeah. Hendon hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, week six is a bye. Week seven, uh, they play Florida. I think I have that as a win. Um, week eight at Missouri, actually, I have that as a loss. That was one of my, my key ones. Week nine at Texas A&M, I have them losing that game. Jacksonville State, that's a dub. Vanderbilt, that's a dub. Kentucky, dub. And then Clemson, week 13, is an L. We're pretty similar here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the only difference for me, I've got them beating A and M. Okay. Okay. So you have them at six, got, six and six and six. No, I've got so I've got them beating North Carolina. I've got them beating Furman, losing to Georgia. I've got them beating Mississippi State week Same. four. I've got them losing to Tennessee, beating Florida. Okay. I've got them beating Missouri. Okay, so that's our only difference right now. I think they beat A and M. Okay. And then I think they clean house with Jack State and Vandy. I've got South Carolina at eight wins. Eight wins. Eight wins. Yep. You have them beating Clemson? I do not have them beating Clemson. All right, so you got them North Carolina, Furman, Mississippi State, um, Florida, Mizzou, Florida, A&M. Mizzou. A&M. Jack, Jack State, Vandy. Okay, and then losing to Kentucky and Clemson. Got you, got yeah. you. I thought you losing said you had them losing to uh, losing to Missouri. I'm sorry. You oh no, I've got them. I've got them going four straight with Mizzou, A and M, Jack State, Vandy. I think I with South Carolina. I think they win either that A and M game or that Kentucky game. Uh, my money's on the A and M game. I think Kentucky's probably a little bit better team mm-hmm. than South Carolina. Um, but I think they're pretty similar in terms of what they have to offer. Um, I just think Kentucky's got a little bit better roster. I agree 100%. It's kind of funny to have them at a loss because that's actually our next team we're going to talk about. Um, I look at Kentucky and Texas A&M, not similar, but in almost like a same aspect. They're going to play tough ball. Um, you can watch Texas A&M, and they're going to play funny ball. It's going to be kind of funny to watch. But that defense gets after people. Um, if they can find a way to do something on offense, they might become somewhat dangerous. And I think Kentucky has been somewhat similar, especially last year. So I – I'm curious to see what happens. South Carolina, though, they, they're one of those teams that's been a sleeper team. I think the talent is there. I think that if they had a little bit more talent, then they would um be able to be a lot better with their coaching style and who they have at quarterback. I'll actually lay a little bit, lay a little bit of money here. Um, you get some pretty good value at over 6.5 at plus 144. I would like the over 6.5. I would – I'm not going to guarantee it, but there's plenty of games right here that's kind of, you know, mismatch, obviously. It- Anytime you get those wishy-washy games, like we mentioned, I mean, they very likely could lose to A&M and Kentucky, both. But even then, I mean, if they beat Mizzou, they're over the six and a half. Um, at very least, they become bowl eligible. But I like the number six and a half here. I think it's probably the right number. But plus 144 is great, great value here. That line's probably going to move. I bet it moves to seven. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, that takes Kentucky at seven and a half. Um, Kentucky last year was seven and five, and – if you watched Kentucky play football last year, they looked pretty bad. I have a hard time believing that that Kentucky football team is going to be as bad as they were last year, and I think they're going to get back to what they were in previous years, a quiet, you know, 8-9 win team. And I have the evidence for that. I have Kentucky going 9-3 and three next year. I have them beating Ball State Week 1, beating Eastern, Carol- Eastern Kentucky Week 2, beating Akron Week 3, beating Vanderbilt Week 4, beating Florida Week 5, losing to Georgia in Week 6, Seven, they play at or they play Missouri at home. I have them winning that game. Then they have a bye week eight. Week nine, they play Tennessee. I actually have Kentucky winning that game. Um, okay. Week ten at Mississippi State. That's a dub. Um, week eleven versus Alabama. I have a loss right there. Um, week twelve at South Carolina. I have a loss. There's actually like a little asterisk here. Um, they might beat South Carolina, but then you know the Kentucky, the Tennessee one's going to be kind of weird. I think Tennessee and Kentucky is kind of a weird matchup, and I want to say Tennessee beat the breaks off Kentucky last year. <laughs> But I'm not all the way confident in their quarterback play right now. So, um, And then Week 13, a pretty fun little out-of-conference game with 
uh, Louisville. I think it's a yearly thing. It's rivalry week. But 9-3. Honestly, I don't think this, there's a way that this team gets under eight wins. I don't know what you're looking at, but that, to me, like this, their, their schedule just seems like pretty easy. I've got them at nine as well. Okay. I have them beating Ball State, beating Eastern Kentucky, beating Akron, beating Vandy, beating Florida. I have them beating Mizzou. I have them beating Mississippi State, and I have them beating South Carolina. Um, so we flipped Tennessee also, and South Carolina. Got you. Yeah. Um, and I could see them beating Louisville, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm, they, Louisville lost their quarterback. I don't know who's in there now, but it's not the guy that was there for 15 years, it seemed like. Malik Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. I've got them with a win there. And uh, I think – I mean, it's always a fun game watching that, but that gives them that ninth win for me. I think Kentucky wins nine games this year. At the minimum, I think Kentucky wins eight, and I think they go over that seven and a half, but there's no value here to take that bet. Yeah. Um, it's the Devin Leary show. If Devin Leary comes in and plays his ball, this team could very well be competitive. Um, yeah. And we saw that with – you know, we saw that with Will Levis two years ago. I mean, last year's Will Levis was kind of a dumpster fire, but that whole Kentucky team was a dumpster fire. Like, it, like I said, if they can get back to what they were, like 2021, 2020-style football, I think Kentucky will be just fine. Stoops is known to play that little, like, under-the-radar 9-10 win season. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, that, Will Levis, the intangibles there for him are obviously, you know, world-class. You talk about a guy being an NFL prospect. Obviously, he was super highly touted for, you know, a couple years there. Everybody was super high on him. Um, but Devin Leary is just a better college quarterback. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think, I think what he brings to an offense, especially with Kentucky, with the offensive line that they have, the running game that they're going to have, the receiving threats that they have, um, his ability on the ground is, is, is better than Levis. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think you lose much in the passing game. I think you get more development with your passing game on other aspects. You bring in a guy like Devin Leary. He's a plug-and-play dude for sure. Um, give him an offseason with this team. I, I think they can win nine games for sure. I agree. And that takes us to probably the most one of the most interesting teams in the SEC this offseason uh, with Tennessee. Tennessee's over-under is set at nine-and-a-half. Now, this is the team that lost their starting quarterback with Hendon Hooker. They lost their two star wide receivers with Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. And people are looking at it now like, man, can Josh Heupel keep on working this master class of just pure offense? If he can, this Tennessee team might be good. Um, they have a quarterback that everybody knows has the rocket arm. That's what everybody talks about. Joe Milton, crazy strong arm, perfect for this type of offense. It's just a matter of if he can be the same decision maker that Hendon Hooker was, because there's one thing you can't give Hendon Hooker. That man could make some decisions. He was a fantastic quarterback at the college level. Not only was he a gunslinger, he was a good quarterback. I don't know if Joe Milton's going to be a good quarterback. That's what my issue is right here. That being said, um, 10-2 last year in the regular season. I have Tennessee going 9-3 this year um, with losses at Alabama, at Kentucky, and versus Georgia. Okay, well, pretty similar. I've got Kentucky in nine wins as well with their losses coming at home against A&M, at Alabama, and at home against Georgia. Got you. Alabama was one I circled. There's no way that they that they beat Alabama two times in a row. It's not gonna happen. No shot. No shot. Um, There's only I'm been one head eight. coach to ever beat Alabama back to back seasons, um, and he's now the coach of Auburn. I've got that A and M game circled right here. Uh, I don't think A and M is gonna be a, a crazy good team this year. Um, 
you know, I don't think A&M will ever be a crazy good team with just, you know, the way they play football. But A&M's going to play the big games hard. They always do. Mm-hmm. A&M's got an, oppor- they got an opportunity to beat Alabama and LSU every single year, and I think uh, that's going to be a shocker at home um, for Tennessee. I-, I think A&M comes in there and beats them. That's that is one thing A&M. about A&M. It does not matter how bad Texas A&M plays, they will play up to competition yeah, if they have to. It- does not matter. That's got A&M win all over it. I respect that so much. Um, that is it for the SEC East. Um, yes, we head over to the West. And if I'm looking at my win totals right, we actually have three teams that all have six and a half over under win totals uh, with Mississippi State, Auburn, and Arkansas. Kenny, I will let you do the honors and pick which team we talk about next. Let's do... Let's talk about Arkansas. Arkansas, fun one, fun one right here. Um, uh, I, go ahead. I like this Arkansas team, man. I, I like this do. Arkansas team last year. I thought this Arkansas team would do a little something last year. They finished the season six and six in the regular season. Um, like I mentioned earlier, they have KJ Jefferson returning. Whenever he's healthy and he's playing right, he is a tough, tough, tough quarterback to stop. Um, they have a star running back, I believe Raheem Sanders is the name. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that's the guy I was talking about earlier. Um, he's an absolute stud. They, to me, when KJ Jefferson is playing, he's one of the harder quarterbacks to stop just taking over the game. He has the ability to run and pass, um, with the best of them. Um, that being said, I have this Arkansas team going seven and five, um, with losses at LSU, at Ole Miss, at Alabama, um, versus Auburn and versus Missouri. Let me see here. Make sure I don't mess this up. And that's a comfortable seven wins. I think that Arkansas is a pretty comfortable seven wins this year. So I've got Arkansas with nine wins. Um, and I've got Arkansas's three losses coming at LSU, okay. at Ole Miss, and at Alabama. Okay, so we had the same three. I just had Auburn and uh, Missouri. Yep. So, LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, three super tough road games for this Arkansas team. Um, obviously, circle that A&M game there. A&M, Arkansas, big rivalry. Good game every single year. I think Arkansas is just a better team than Texas A&M. What they bring back. The kicker here for me is K.J. Jefferson. If he can stay healthy, this team is going to play very, very good and very consistently good throughout the year, in my opinion. I mean, you talk about a guy that is arguably the most proved. I mean, I don't think it's it's arguably. I think he's the most proven quarterback in the SEC currently. Um, and he might be the best quarterback in the SEC projecting towards this season. There's going to be guys. You talk about Carson Beck. You talk about whoever Alabama throws up there. You talk about Jaden Daniels at LSU. Guys are going to have a very, very – or these guys are going to have very good seasons. But what we've seen from K.J. Jefferson, man, if he can stay healthy for this entire season, I see no reason to believe that he can't be up there at the top of the podium at the end of the year. I agree 100%. I love that. Nine wins for Arkansas. Let's go. That's a very comfortable over six and a half. I, like I said, I am almost 100% positive that this team will go over six and a half wins. I don't think that's a question. This might be the worst value for for a bit, too. This line should move, go to seven, maybe give you some more juice with seven, but minus 160 at over six and a half, Vegas thinks they're going to do it, too. So. Oh. Damn. All right, so now we get to pick between Auburn and Mississippi State. Kenny, who do you think? Mm. 
both pretty similar to me. I think Auburn's worse. You want to hit Auburn? We can hit Auburn. Um, I actually have the opposite though. We will start with Auburn. Last year, Auburn was five and seven. Um, their head coach's name is slipping my mind right now. He sucked. Brian Parson was awful. There it is. Pulled it out, pulled it out my ass, and just throw it out there. Brian Parson was terrible. This team got a little bit of uh, they they started kind of rolling later in the season with um Cadillac as their as their coach, and then they bring in a guy Hugh Freeze from Liberty, um, former Old Miss guy, I believe. Um. Mm-hmm. I think that he might be able to provide a little bit of juice to this Auburn team. Um, he's known to lose lose some stinkers every once in a while. That's kind of the Hugh Freeze way to slip up and lose some games. But I do think this Auburn team has some talent. With that being said, I have this Auburn team going seven and five, the same record as Arkansas. Um, I have their their losses, their five losses coming at Texas A and M versus Georgia at LSU, versus Ole Miss, and versus Mississippi State. So I have them beating UMass, Cal, Samford, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State, and Alabama in Week 13, baby. Oh, that's spicy. I went in a totally different direction. I've got this Auburn team with five wins. I think they go under the six and a half. There's a little bit of juice there. Still not enough for me to hop on it. Vegas definitely thinks they're going over six and a half. But for me, I think Auburn gets a week one win against UMass. I think they beat Cal. I think they beat Sanford. And then I think they go on a massive schneid and finish the year with a win against Vandy and a win against New Mexico State. That's all I'm giving these boys. Man, give them Alabama, man. It's you freeze. <laughs> Hey, I'd love to see it. I would love to see it. I just I don't have any faith in what the Sauber team's putting out there this year. Um, I actually lost some faith when they didn't start Robbie Ashford. So, yes. we saw the arm talent. It was there. It was. It was. I just I just don't have any faith in this team. What they lose, I mean, you lose a guy like Tank Bigsby. Um, I mean, he was the offense. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is very very tough to lose Tank. I will say that one hundred percent. Um. Now, that takes us to an interesting team right here. Kind of a tough team to talk about right now because they're going into their first full season without their head coach, Mike Leach. RIP, um, miss you the Pirate. Awesome coach. I think everybody around the college football world loved that man. So, terrible to see that. Um, That being said, um, this team is known for air raid. They're bringing back their quarterback, Will Rogers. Um, If you know, you're talking about K.J. Jefferson being one of the most proven quarterbacks. I think Will Rogers is definitely up there in that same category. This dude has been consistent, put up numbers. He's efficient. He'll throw the ball 50 times, complete 45 of them. Um, you think he'll stick with it? I don't know, man. That That's that's my, my big thing right here. And I honestly, they're set at six and a half. Last year, they're eight and four. This team last year, very famously, I had ranked over LSU. I have this team going five and seven this year. I have been beating South Southeast Louisiana. I have been beating Arizona because Arizona sucks at football. Um, losing to LSU, losing to South Carolina, losing to Alabama, beating Western Michigan, losing to Arkansas, beating Auburn. Like you know, I was talking about Auburn beat Bama. Yeah, yeah, they're getting back with Mississippi State. Um. Losing to Kentucky, losing to Texas A&M, beating Southern Miss, and losing to Ole Miss. Really, it's a tough schedule. 
it is a tough schedule when you look at it. I, I I looked at it earlier when I was doing my projections, and um, the way the home versus away games line up is tough. Yeah. Your home game, <laughs> these these boys are getting stuck with their home games being LSU, Alabama, Kentucky, Ole Miss. and Ole Miss. That's rough for the home crowd. Um, That's four of your top six SEC teams, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You ain't lying, dude. I mean, th- th- that's brutal. I've got um, I've got this Mississippi State team with six wins. I've got them beating Southeast Louisiana. I've got them beating Arizona. I have them beating Western Michigan. I have them beating Auburn. I have them beating... No, I've got them at five wins as well. I think we had the same, same yeah, thing. I yeah, we had the same right. exact one. Yeah, I got them beating Southern Miss. I got them beating Auburn. I've got them beating Western Michigan. I've got them beating Arizona and Southeast Louisiana. I've got them at five wins. Got you. So we had the same, same thing right there. Even though I had Auburn going seven and five and Mississippi State going five and seven, I still had Mississippi State beating Auburn. <laughs> there you go, baby. Um, <laughs> but I love Will Rogers. Thanks. Will Rogers is a stud, man. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. And that takes us to another very, 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 very interesting team in the SEC that I am kind of excited to watch. And that is Ole Miss with an over-under win total set at 7.5. Last year, Ole Miss cleared 8-4. and four. This is another one of those teams, kind of Kentucky-esque, that's going to quietly put together winning seasons year after year. Um, last year they ran out Jackson Dart at quarterback. We kind of know how that went. Um, luckily enough, they had a guy named Quet Judkins or something like that. Some Judkins kid at running back that led the SEC in rushing yards and went crazy on everybody. Spencer Sanders is here now. Um, some kid from Tennessee, don't remember his name. He is there now. Jackson Dart has some pressure. And there's one thing about Jackson Dart. I think we know there's potential there and maybe just maybe bringing in a competent guy like Spencer Sanders, who could probably come onto this team and win eight games, nine games. Maybe that might unlock Jackson Dart's potential. And that is what I'm banking on. I'm either banking on Jackson Dart's potential being unlocked or Spencer Sanders taking over the starting quarterback job at this at this school. And that being said, I have Ole Miss going nine and three. Oh, my gosh. I have Ole Miss beating Mercer, beating Tulane. Tough, tough, tough. The toughest a uh, non-power five team you can play. I will say that. Um, no doubt. Um, beating Georgia Tech, losing to Alabama, beating LSU. Oh, my. Beating Arkansas, beating Auburn, beating Vanderbilt, losing to Texas A&M, losing to Georgia, beating University of Louisiana Monroe, and beating Mississippi State finish out the season. All right. I respect it. A little old Miss Love on the podcast. I've got Ole Miss at seven wins. I've got them going over under the seven and a half. I do not love this. I would not touch this with a 10-foot pole. Um, this is the most even line, I think, in all of the SEC, according to the sports book. There's a um, couple games on that and go either way. Tulane, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Arkansas, don't know what to think about that. Um, LSU, obviously, I picked them to beat LSU, but I mean, it's LSU. <laughs> Right. Um, I don't mean to interrupt. Them, yours, but. No, you're good. I've I've got them beating Mercer. 
I've got them beating that Tulane team in an absolute slugfest. Um, I've got them beating Tech. I've got them beating Auburn. I've got them beating Vandy. And I've got them beating Louisiana Monroe and Mississippi State in the year. Okay, gotcha. So you had the two. You had the LSU and Arkansas losses. I had those two as wins. So that's where yep. our difference was. Okay. I'm excited about this team. I think this team has a lot of upside. I, I like their running I back agree. a lot. Um, they did lose their number one wide receiver, which does hurt. But I'm excited for that home game against them in Sanford. Yes, me too. Very excited for that. And that takes us to a team that went five and seven last year, and it has a win total set at eight and a half. A team that ran out a guy that looked like a statue trying to throw a football. And then they got this kid in there named Connor Weigman, and you got to see a little bit of potential, got a little bit excited. Plays good defense. If this team could find a way to score, then, you know, we mentioned it earlier, then they could be pretty good. But who knows if that's ever going to happen? Because guess what? They brought in the savior to be the offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. And now him and Jimbo Fisher are going to run this football team probably into the ground. <laughs> but I think their plans are different. Um, Although they weren't five and seven last year, I have this Texas A&M team going eight and four. I think there's just too much talent. And I don't know how many times we can say this or how year after year, it's always brought up how talented this team is because how much recruits they get. Eight and four does not feel crazy. Um, it doesn't. I have the beating New Mexico, beating Miami, beating University of Louisiana Monroe, beating Auburn, losing to Arkansas, losing to Alabama, losing to Tennessee, beating South Carolina, beating Ole Miss, beating Mississippi State, beating Abilene Christian, and losing to LSU in Week 13. I like that. I, feel like since I like that a lot. We're pretty similar. We, we went a little bit different on a couple, but um, I've got them at eight wins as well. Okay. Um, this was a tough one for me. The kicker here, obviously, I mentioned it earlier. I've gotten, I've, I've got a and beating Tennessee in Knoxville. I think that's going to be an awesome game to watch. I think so too. Um, I've got them beating New Mexico, beating Miami, beating Louisiana Monroe, beating Auburn, beating Tennessee, beating Ole Miss, beating Mississippi State, beating Abilene Christian. Okay. Very nice. So. Well, eight win season. Um, I would bet the under on this. I don't know where the juices. I don't have it in front of me. I just have mine on the spreadsheet right here. Um, it's terrible. I would not go over eight and a half wins though. There's no way. There's too many toss up games mixed in there with Texas A&M. They're like that all the time. They could beat Alabama one week and lose to Abilene Christian. Like you don't never know with Texas mm-hmm. A&M. Yeah, this line will probably move as well. The juice is heavy with the over at, at plus one forty six, but at, there's just no reason for me to believe they go over eight and a half here. No, I agree 100%. Now, Kenny, hear me out. At nine and a half wins, we have LSU. This team went nine and three last year. Played some stinkers. Got their butts kicked by Tennessee. Um, Lost to Florida State early on in the season. But they played good in big games. Um, And I think this team is going to be better. I think that you get Brian Kelly in for a second season. I think Jay Daniels is back for his second season with the system. Um, if he doesn't, if something happens with him, and he doesn't work out. They have an absolute gunslinger back there, quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer. This team is in a very good situation. Not to mention they have the best defensive player in college football with Harold Perkins. Wow. I have this LSU team. Now this this is a flyer. This could very easily not be there. I have this LSU team going eleven and one. I like it. 
I have this LSU team beating Florida State to start the season. This is a Florida State team I love. Um, but I don't think the LSU is going to lose to them back-to-back years. I think they're going to start off the season hot and beat this Florida State team. Um, I have them beating Grambling, beating Mississippi State, beating Arkansas, and this is where their one loss comes in at Ole Miss. Mm. I have them beating Missouri, beating Auburn, beating Army, going to Alabama, and they're going to beat them back-to-back years. Beating Florida, beating Georgia State, and beating Texas A&M to finish 11-1. Okay. Well, I've got them at 10 wins, and my two losses for LSU on my board come against Florida State in week one and Alabama. I respect it. It's tough to beat Alabama twice. That uh, that is just a pure gut feeling there. Um, I like that Florida State team a lot, and for some reason, Florida State seems to come out hot at the beginning of the year every year, even when they're bad. So, um, and I like LSU. I think LSU is probably a better team than Florida State, but you know, we'll we'll get into a little bit of Florida State talk here in a little bit. I'm I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, you know. Coming in here, playing against an SEC team, Florida State is going to have their hands full, but I, I think they get it done, man, early on. I think I think they really do, um, and, and like you just mentioned, it's hard to beat a good team twice, especially when it starts with A and it's with Alabama. So, uh, Alabama, <laughs> <think>, that's dope. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they get it done elsewhere, but I, I'm giving them a 10-2 season, which would still be a very, very good season for them, and uh, – May even be enough to win the West, depending on what old Alabama decides to do. And I will tell you exactly what Alabama's going to do. Ten and two win total, or ten and a half win total. They were ten and two last season. I have this Alabama team going nine and three. Mm. You cannot look at me in the face. Well, the wide receiver position was was a little bit of a problem last year, wasn't it? They had a little issues catching the football. Jermaine Burton is there. Ja'Cory Brooks is there. I don't care. They're nowhere near as good as the guys they had in prior years. Bryce Young was doing everything he can to carry that football team. And another guy was doing a lot to carry that football team was Jameer Gibbs. And neither of those guys happen to be back. But we, wait, 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 wait. We did see Jalen Milrow a little bit last year. We got to see Jalen Milrow action. See what he could bring to the table. Guess what, Alabama fans? He stinks. He sucks. They bring in a kid, Tyler Butner from Notre Dame. He lost his job to Drew Pine in like week three. Um, I am, this Alabama team lost two games last year. Possibly we should have lost three if Quinn Ewers does not get hurt in Texas. And Texas has to put in Hudson Card on one foot. Um, I'm not sold on this Alabama team. They were undisciplined last year, and now you're losing huge parts of your team. Jordan Battle, Jameer Gibbs, Bryce Young, Will Anderson. And you're going to be better? I, I I know the recruiting class was there, and I know Alabama can pull some shit out their ass just like Georgia can when it comes to reloading. I'm just a little concerned that Nick Saban might be done. So done. my three losses come versus Texas in week two. I think this Texas team's going to come out firing to start the season. Versus LSU in week 10, and then my very famous pick in week 13 at Auburn to end their season. I love it. I love it, and I would love to see it. Um, unfortunately, I did not go the same way. I've got this Alabama team at 11-1. and one. Oh! With the only loss being Week 2 against Texas. I respect it. 
I respect it. 11 and 1. Mm. It go either way on that LSU game, like I just mentioned earlier. I think that's going to be the kicker for them. Um, one thing I can tell you that's 100% true one of those teams is going to win that game. Facts. Facts. They got some tough ones, though, man. They got some tough ones. You got Ole Miss, you got to face. You got Texas AM. You got to go to Texas AM. That's going to be fun. You got Arkansas, you got awesome. Tennessee. You got a tough. The West is tough, man. And then, you know, out of conference, I mean, you're going over to the East and you're playing Tennessee and Kentucky. Like, it's, it's not a cakewalk. It's going to be a really, not, really fun year. I'm excited to watch Alabama play this year. But I am. To be fair, I guess people that watch Georgia and they're not Georgia fans or Alabama fans could probably look at the University of Georgia and say the exact same thing. Kenny McIntosh, A.D. Mitchell, Stetson Bennett, Darnell Washington, Jalen Carter, Keely Ringo, um, Christopher Smith, all those guys are gone. So, um, I guess it's just a two. I'm not an Alabama fan, so I don't pay attention to their recruiting class and stuff nearly as much as I do with Georgia and see what we had to reload. They obviously can reload and have guys that can play football. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what happens. This is probably a little bit of a homer pick for me, too. And you can probably attest to this, too, Jake. But I don't want to play LSU in the SEC championship again. It doesn't feel near as good when you don't beat Alabama. A hundred percent. It doesn't. I want them there. I want them there. I want them bad. Bring them in. Let's put the nail in the Nick Saban coffin one more time, Kirby. And as bad as it sounds, I would feel a lot better losing to Alabama than I would losing to LSU. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as that sounds. I don't think neither Always. would happen. I think Georgia would be there, but there's a different feeling when you lose to Alabama. Agreed. Alabama fans, don't get your heads too hot, but it, it's the truth. You lose to Alabama, you're like, oh, it's Alabama. It's okay. I'm mm-hmm. sure teams feel the same when they lose to Georgia. No doubt. Oh, we came within 20 of Georgia. Let's go. That's how you felt last year. Yeah. So now, now, Kenny. We have got a full breakdown of our schedule. Some differences, some things right there, but we can keep track of it as we go. And that brings us into our next thing, I'm sure. And that is our way, 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 way too early college football playoff picture. Love it. There are teams out there that are they're going to compete and be very, very good at football. And I'm excited, excited, excited to talk about them. And I have my four in mind already. Oh, I've got mine too. Um, how about this? We'll do it like the reveal show. Um, All right. Who is your number four team in the college football playoff? My number four team in the college football playoff. Drum roll, please. Michigan. Michigan at number four. I love to see it. I like Michigan this year. I think Michigan's going to be a good team. They bring out damn near the same team as last year. Um, uh, These guys can play football. We see it every year. Harbaugh's doing something over there. He's suspended for three games. Self-imposed suspension. No clue how that came about, um, but I think Michigan's a better team. <laughs> that was crazy. I think, Mich- I think Michigan's a better team than Ohio State this year, and for some reason, Ohio State's edging them out on the playoff uh, betting odds. No clue how. I think Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. I, I, 
honestly and truthfully, I don't think it's particularly close. I agree. Um, the only reason I've got them right there in that four spot is because I could see them losing a game against Ohio State. Um, but I think Ohio, Ohio State, I don't think wins out. I think Michigan will still edge them out for the Big Ten for or for the spot in the playoff. So um, I've got a one loss Michigan coming in at a at the four spot. I love it. I love it so much. Maybe a little bit of foreshadowing on my side. Huh? <laughs> but my four spot is going to go. I'm drinking this Kool Aid this year. Me and you both drunk the Kool Aid like like this last year, and I'm I'm going right back at it again this year. My number four spot is the USC Trojans. Um, yep. Caleb Williams is just too damn good at football, and this team kind of started to fall off a little bit near the end of the season last year. I don't see that happening again. I will say I have them at four. I don't think they're going to win out because they do play. Four top 15 teams with Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, and Oregon, which is already kind of tough as it is. I think they lose one of those games, and it drops them down to this fourth spot. I think they're Pac-12 champions, though, at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Slide right on in there. Agreed. Um, You want me to hit my three? Yeah, go ahead and give me a threes. So I've got USC at my three. Um, I think a one-loss USC team, and I think their one loss is going to come against Washington there. Towards the end of the year, uh, I just think it's in similar to the Michigan Ohio State theory. I think Washington will have more losses on their schedule throughout the year. I think this USC team is going to beat Utah. No way they lose three in a row, right? I mean, no way. Yeah. Um, I think they beat Utah. I think they beat Oregon. Um, I like Oregon. I like Bo Nix. I, I like what they have to offer. I like Dan Lanning. Um, but I don't think they're going to be as good this year as they were last year. I think Bo had a little bit of that. Uh, a, a little bit of that one season magic. Mm -hmm. I agree. But uh, Michael Penix Jr. is the real deal. Um, he'll go out there and sling with Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams is by far and away the best quarterback in college football, no doubt in my mind. But um, USC is not known for playing defense. And uh, you bring in a guy by the name of Cliff Kingsbury in the offseason, he definitely ain't helping you defense. But no. uh, he'll help you score. He'll score you some points. That's for sure. Um, that's going to be a, a lethal combination: Cliff Kingsbury, Lincoln Riley, and Caleb Williams. But um, Michael Penix will go out there and and sling some tutties as well. So I think they'll get a loss there. I don't think they'll finish the year unscathed by any means. But um, I've got two undefeated teams at number one and number two, and I got my two one-loss teams at four and three. And this is the last one-loss team in the playoff. I also have two undefeated teams at one and two. But I have a one-loss team right here at my three spot. And coming in at three, I have the Florida State Seminoles. I, whenever I gave you my record prediction earlier, I had LSU beating Florida State in week one. That is the only loss they're going to have this year. That schedule is a cakewalk. The ACC is, is slim. They play Clemson week four at Clemson. That's going to be a tough one. But other than that, they don't play a ranked team for the rest of the season. Um, out of conference, you're looking at Florida, um, Southern Miss. I mean, not very many great schools. So I think that they should have a pretty easy walk. Now, I will say, LSU's a toss-up. Clemson's a toss-up. They could very easily go win both those games. They could very easily lose both those games. But I do think what Jordan Travis did, I think what Mike Marvell's down there doing right now at Florida State, after being on the hot seat going into last season, he actually put them together a pretty good year. I think this is a next step. And not to mention, this Florida State team went crazy in that transfer portal. So they're going to be better. You're damn right, they did. Um, I like Florida State. I, I like them a lot this year. Um, this was your – what spot was this for you? 
three. I had eleven and one USC at four and eleven and one Florida State at three. Well, this brings me into my two, so I'll go ahead and hit it if you don't mind. Go ahead, kind of sir. Um, I like Florida State a lot this year. I just mentioned we had a little bit of uh, differing opinions with the LSU game. I think Florida State wins that game. I think Florida State's only loss on the season, like you mentioned, with a weak, weak, weak schedule, comes uh, week four against Clemson. At Clemson. In Death Valley. Um, and that's why, at number two, I've got the undefeated Clemson Tigers Ooh, in the college football playoff. I thought you were going Florida State with me. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I think a one-loss Florida State team gets kicked out of the playoff by a one-loss Big Ten champ and a one-loss Pac-12 champ. And I think the undefeated Clemson Tigers will lock up the two spot. Clemson, a little bit of a different story here with Clemson. Clemson, a little bit of a gauntlet on the schedule, I will say. Um, It is not easy by any means. They open up with a couple cupcake games. Um, A little bit of a... Spicy one week one at Duke. I think Duke is a little bit better team than people give credit for. Um, but you got Charleston Southern, you got FAU, easy wins. The kicker there is that Florida State game. I think Clemson edges them out. Um, I got him beating Syracuse, beating Wake Forest, beating Miami, beating NC State, but then it gets a little hairy here to end the year. You go Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, South Carolina to finish the year. That is three very, very good football teams. In terms of playing in one game, I'm not saying very good football teams like competing for a championship, but I think this Notre Dame team is going to be very, very much improved coming from last year. You bring in a guy like Sam Hartman, man, I think Notre Dame's really good. I, I really do. Um, I think Clemson will edge them out there. That North Carolina game, man, you're going to get that Drake May matchup. That North Carolina game is always an exciting one for Clemson, regardless of who's playing. That in-state rivalry, or not in-state, but you know, rival state rivalry, whatever. Um, and then finish the year at South Carolina, the rivalry week, in-state rival there. Um, they got a little bit tougher schedule than uh, Florida State does, but I think Clemson gets it done. I like what Clemson's got. Hard to bet against Dabo. You bring in Cade Klubnick. For the first time, he wins the starting job in the last game of the year, and then you give him a full offseason as the starter after they kick DJ Ugabalibalibale to the curb. And um, I like this Clemson team. I really do. I think uh, I think we've seen a couple Schneid years from Clemson, and I think it's time that they that they scratch and claw their way back up. I'd love to hear that. And at two, at two for me. I have Michigan. Michigan right. is going to be an undefeated Big Ten champion. And if they're not the undefeated Big Ten champion, you want to know who's going to be the undefeated Big Ten champion? Penn State. Hey. I'm going to start off with Michigan. Michigan is a damn good football team. As a Georgia fan right now, looking at this Michigan team, this is the team that scares me more than anybody else in college football because I look at Michigan like this. If J.J. McCarthy takes that next step that I think he has the potential to take, Damn, this team is good. Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards are back at the running back position. And all they need is just a quarterback that can go out there and also sling that pill. And it seemed like they might have found one with J.J. McCarthy. Um, they sent they sent old 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 boy over to Iowa. I don't remember what his name is. Cade, Cade McNamara. McNamara. Yep. He's gone. They have a quarterback now. I think this team is deadly. Um, also, I'll give a little bit of um, Penn State stuff. Penn State was a 
the damn good football team last year. And they are getting a significant upgrade at quarterback with Drew Allen. I think this kid could be an absolute stud. He sat behind Sean Clifford last year. Um, Sean Clifford was there for 17 years, and they were always decent, but he was never a quarterback to get him out of the edge. I think Drew Aller might be, might just be that guy. So I think that Penn State-Michigan um, matchup that we're seeing in um, Week 11 is going to be a huge game. I'm with you on Ohio State. I think they're kind of overrated right now for the same reasons we talked about with my reasoning for Alabama earlier. It's hard to replace a guy like C.J. Stroud, man. And I know Ohio State has done it, and Ryan Day has done it, and just that whole system has been able to get quarterbacks that can compete at the college football level. But not hearing any huge news about who their quarterback is going to be kind of scares me a little bit. Where's that Penn State game at? Um, It is at Penn State. That's tough. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting game that I think could possibly – Make or break one of these two team seasons. I think those are your top two teams in the Big Ten for me. That's no doubt the whiteout game. Got to be. Got to be. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. Yeah, I like Penn State this year as well. But I think Michigan runs away with the Big Ten. I give them one loss. It'll come against Penn State or Ohio State in my opinion. But I definitely think they win the Big Ten to make the playoff. All right. So we've, now we're down to one for both of us. Um and it just so happened that earlier we mentioned a 12-0 football team in our SEC oh, schedule breakdown. <laughs> I think our apparel easy, shows, shows what it's going to be. It's not even a homer opinion. Like it, it, it feels like when it kind of sucks to toot your own horn all the time. But when you're this damn good at football, you can do that, man. Like I, there's not – we have not seen a like, – you could say Ohio State last year. Um, these past two seasons, Georgia has absolutely ran through – the college football world until they stop doing that just don't go against them like no i don't think a team has went three in a row since like the 1930s there has also not been a team as good as this georgia football team we were a defensive yeah, okay. first team two years ago defense takes a little bit of a step back last year we start getting up some points and guess what kirby smart decides we're going to start slinging the pill you can say what you want, Sue. We lost all what's-his-name to, to... Look, his name's so irrelevant, I don't even remember. He went to Baltimore. Todd Munkin. No name. And guess what we did? We knew he was going to be leaving this program, so we, we brought Mike Bobo in for a full year just to see how Munkin operates. And you think Mike Bobo is not going to use what Todd Munkin just did use a national, to win a national championship in his favor? I guarantee you that Todd Munkin sent Mike Bobo his exact playbook and said, hey, Mike, just do what you want to and make it better. And that's exactly what Mike Bobo is about to do with his playbook. People forget about Mike Bobo, man. Mike Bobo was one of the best offensive coordinators in the history of the University of Georgia, but the defense could not stop anybody. You could say the best offensive coordinator in University of Georgia history other than Todd Monk. <laughs> yeah, other than on third and six. Yeah, thanks. So hopefully you got that figured out. We don't want to see a halfback draw on third and six, Bobo. Thanks. Don't want to see it. Come on, Mike. Get it together. Yeah. I'm, and nothing for me to say here, man. Georgia's the best team in the country until proven otherwise. I don't think they'll be proven otherwise this season. You lose one of the best quarterbacks in college football history in Stetson Bennett and bring in a guy that just so happens to have the strongest arm to come through the Elite 11 since Matthew Stafford. Um, the running back room's loaded. The offensive line is better than it was last year. 
I mean, this offensive line is is incredible. And Carson Beck is not going to get touched. Uh, you lose A.D. Mitchell, that sucks. But you bring in Dominic Lovett, you bring in Ra Ra Thomas, you still got, you know, Rosemary Jack Saint and, you know, your boy Lad McConkey obviously is a dog. Arian. Uh, best football. Yeah, Arian Smith is still there. Uh, best football player in the country, Brock Bowers. Oscar Delp is a, you know, Darnell Washington is a freak of nature. I love Darnell Washington, but the way we used him is just not conducive to the pass game. Um, Oscar Delp is very much a, a pass catching tight end, and you'll see a lot of 12 personnel with Oscar Delp in this year, um, is what I'm expecting to see at least. So, I mean, the. The receiving weapons for Carson Beck are, are going to be some of the best receiving weapons we've seen in a long time for a Georgia quarterback. I mean, keep these guys healthy. Carson Beck is going to be able to sling the pill anywhere he wants to. Guy throws lasers. He's got a howitzer for an arm. He's dog ugly, so you know he's got to have a cannon. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm excited to watch the man play football, but we don't have to get it done through the air solely because the running game is there, the offensive line is there, and the defense, I mean. What more can you say about the defense, Jake? It's 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 unreal. We're so spoiled to watch this team play on defense and what they can do. They fly around. They get to the ball. They get pressure on the quarterback more so than they have in the past. Get a revamped defensive line, bring some guys in. We lose some key players. Don't get me wrong, but look, we lost Jordan Davis. We had Jalen Carter. Nolan Smith goes out with an injury. I hate to say it, Nolan Smith, absolute freak of nature, but his impact on the pass rush was insignificant last year because he was out for so long. Um, so, you know, the pass rush I don't think is going to be too altered by that. I mean, you still got, what, Nazir Stackhouse down there? Yep, Nazir. At the three-tech, absolute dog, preseason SEC All-American, saw it this morning, shout out Paul Feinbaum. Um this defense is loaded, man. There's no reason to believe why this Georgia team's not going to be the best team in the country. I mean, they are the best team in the country. I mean, you win back-to-back natties. You know, this will make it three. Do it for Dale. Yeah, and I want to mention defense right quick, and maybe it's going to be a bold take, but I think that this defense has the potential to be the best defense we've watched at the University of Georgia. As crazy as that sounds, we have seen a damn good defense. What was it? 2019, 2020, what was that year? The 20... Was it 2021? 2021. I'm sorry. I'm going back way too far. Um, the, the first national championship we won, Georgia's defense was insane. Um, I think that this defense could potentially be better. I think that Kirby Smart has a way of playing guys that are more experienced instead of guys that are more talented, which is understandable. Whenever we watch Jalen Carter sit behind Devontae Wyatt and um, Jordan Davis, Everybody knew Jalen Carter was the best player among those three, but somehow he was still coming off the bench behind those guys. He was in a rotation with them, but he was always like kind of the third man. And even if you watch the games on the broadcast, they were saying that he was the best player among all of them. And now look at it. He was clearly the best player. Nolan Smith, Chaz Chambliss. Um, Nolan Smith was a freak of nature. You're right. Michael Williams is about to be the best edge rusher we've seen at the University of Georgia since Jarvis Jones. Agreed. Um... And then Chaz Chambliss, Chaz, I'm sorry, buddy. You, in my opinion, you should have got out of here when you could because there's a kid named Marvin Jones Jr. that is about to come in and wreak havoc on the opposite side of Michael Williams. And these two guys are going to get after the quarterback. Smell Munden, obviously, a little bit more experienced. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, more experienced. Maybe one of the best linebacker duos in college football. And then we talk about our nice friend Keeley. 
Keely, we love you on this podcast, but who last year was a little bit of a stinker. Now you get to slot Kamari last year over there at that number one spot. Um, I think he was a better corner than Keely Ringo was last year, so I'm kind of excited to see him kind of step into that mold of being your number one corner. And there's so many young guys on the team that could easily take over that second spot. You have a freshman with Julian Humphrey. You have Dalen Everett sitting there as a sophomore. Um, you got a couple guys, and that's not even mentioning your safeties. Tyke Smith, Malachi Starks. That's not even mentioning your nickelback, Javon Bullard. This defense is going to be real. Have you seen the uh, coaches' preseason all-conference team? Came out this morning. Oh, yeah, you're talking about um, with Michael Williams. I think Michael Williams is on there, right? Um, First and second team, how many dogs? What's your guess? On defense? Total. Total? Shoot. I'm going to say something crazy high. First and second team total? For all of the nation? Mm, for SEC. SEC? 11. 13. I thought I was saying a crazy number. 13, bro. Second team SEC, or second team all SEC offense. Kendall Milton at running back. Xavier Trush. Second team all SEC defense. Smell Munden at linebacker. Mari Laster at defensive back. First team. Michael Williams, Jamon Dumas Johnson, uh, Cedric Van Pran. Uh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Name, give me your defense, all SEC first team. Who you got? You named four guys right there on the second team. Uh, that was yeah, four guys. So there's five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's fourteen. I'm tripping. Not thirteen. There's fourteen, dog. So first, first team all SEC. You got five offense, five defense. Who you got on defense? Um, I'm gonna start off with J- Javon Bullard. That's a pretty easy one, I think. Um, Javon yep. Dumas Johnson's another pretty easy one. Yep. Michael Williams. Yep. Malachi Starks. Yep. And that's gonna leave one more guy. Uh, on the first team. You're drawing a blank. You know who it is. Not Tyke, is it? Mm-mm. You already said Kamari Laster for the second team, right? Yeah. You know this guy. You're just drawing a blank. Um, don't tell me a Sion Logue. <laughs> Nazir Stackhouse. Nazir Stackhouse, okay. Other interior oh. defensive lineman. Got you. Five on offense. Who you got? Oh, Sarah Ramparan and Brock Bowers are your two easy ones. Nope. Um, Dominic Lovett. No Dominic Lovett. Huh. Um, Lad McCocky? Yes, sir. Lad going in there. Um, and that's gonna leave you with two more. Um Why am I blanking? Offen- the right guard. Offensive offensive tackle one in this year's NFL draft. Oh, Amarius Mims? Yep. And then uh and right white white boy. Tate Ratley. Tate Ratley. Yeah. Fourteen players, dog. Amarius Mims is going to be a freaking major. I'm so excited yeah. to watch him play. <laughs> Offensive tackle one, man, no doubt. I love this team, dude. I mean, it, it's loaded from head to toe. It's gonna be crazy. It's a reload right there. It's not even a reload either. Like there's guys that are proven on this team right now that can carry a team to a championship. Absolutely. That's what Georgia always does. We like filter the 
upperclassmen leave, and then like the upperclassmen are here, lowerclassmen come in, upperclassmen leave, lowerclassmen become upperclassmen, and then there's a new set of lowerclassmen. Like it was a mixture of like guys. Yeah. Which I guess that's kind of stupid to say every team's like that, but you know what I mean. Like. Oh yeah, no. I mean, when when you're bringing in the recruits that we have and you develop players at the rate that we do, it, it's like that every year, man. It's crazy to look at our team and look at Dylan Bell as wide receiver six or five or six or whatever the hell he's going to be. He's a wide receiver it's one like, on probably more than half of these SEC teams. It's like talking about the Braves lineup. Pets. Stop, I'm finna chop. I'm finna, don't make me chop. Don't make me chop. All right, Kenny, real quick before we get out of here, is there any bets for Week Zero College Football you're looking at right now? I have mine up right here. I'm, I'm looking at a couple of little spicers. Um, is there anything that you're yeah. looking at in particular? This is our first um first betting time of the season, which is always fun. Can't wait, man. I'm so freaking pumped. Uh, yeah, there's a couple that I'm going to be on for sure. Uh, first one I'm going to be on is, uh, or I should say, first bet of the day, first game of the day, Navy, Notre Dame. I'll take the over 50 and a half in this game. I agree. Um, you get Notre Dame at minus 20 and a half. Um, big spread there. I think Notre Dame probably covers, but I'm going to stay away from that, kind of see what they're working with. I know Notre Dame's got a good defense. Um, Navy is notorious for running that triple option offense. They're going to score some points, and they've got a good defense as well. But Navy, not particularly known for the pass coverage, and uh, that's what Notre Dame is going to do a lot of, is slinging the football. Yeah. I think 15-and-a-half definitely hits the over here. I'm pumped for that. And uh, just kind of a rite of passage for me, man. First college football game of the year, uh, always take the over. I like watching points. I agree. Um, they also played last year in Week 10, and the final score was 35-32. So we got 67 points, which is significantly – Significantly over 50 and a half. And we mentioned it earlier, Sam Hartman's on this football team now. They're going to put up points. Navy's a tough, tough, tough offense to kind of stop just because they keep on pounding it and pounding it and pounding it. So I definitely think they're going to get their points too. Um, I, I love that pick over 50 and a half. And honestly, I'm thinking about doing Notre Dame minus 20 and a half just for the love of yeah. it. Think about it too. I might hop on it, uh, try and throw a little parlay together. You know, see what kind of value I can get. I'll probably end up doing somewhere along the lines of a, I don't know, try and throw together a, take the over 15 and a half, maybe throw in over and Notre Dame with the points. See what that gives me. Plus 208, that's pretty good value here. A little flyer to start the year. A little $20 bet to win 42. Love it. Like that. Um, how about you? What what uh what kind of bets are you looking at? I got some more, but I'll let you I'll let you hit some. All right. So the bet I'm currently kind of eyeballing out here a little bit is uh hold up I lost it. Give me one sec. There it is. I am currently looking at New Mexico State. Um, minus six and a half against UMass. They're at home, which is kind of inspirational and this New Mexico State team finished off the season four and won the last five. Um UMass ended their season 0 and five. Absolutely terrible. Um UMass is a bad football team. New Mexico State's not terrible, so I I, I think the six and a half should be covered. Also, um I don't know how Massachusetts is, but it is going to be ninety four degrees on game day and I'm assuming those New Mexico State guys are gonna be ready for that hot temperature, and I don't know if those UMass guys are necessarily. And we see that really, really often early on in the college football season where guys go to different states and they go to different environments and it kind of messes up a little bit. <laughs> Utah, Florida last year. Um, <laughs> it can really, really change the game. 
you I mean you saw had me thinking Florida was possibly gonna be competing with us last year. You ain't lying, dude. You are not lying at all. Um I'll tell you what I'm interested in. Um this is a little bit of a weird game, but an exciting one nonetheless. UTEP at Jacksonville State. UTEP opens up as a one and a half point favorite. UTEP not notorious for being a good football team, but what I will say about UTEP is they came in and had a last-second loss to America's team in UTSA, the Roadrunners, beat beat last year to finish the year. I think UTEP is a much better football team than Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State recently made the move to the Conference USA. I'm happy for them. Love Jacksonville State. Know some boys down there, some of the coaches. But uh, I think UTEP's a better football team. Definitely more experienced in the – Big football games, and um, you give me a team with like, like UTEP at minus one and a half, I'll take that all day long. So I'll for sure be on that one. I like it. I like it a lot. Give me Vanderbilt's mm. minus 17. All, every day, all day long. I think it's not much juice there. It's minus 115. I mean, no, it's not terrible, but not as much as you always like to see. But this team beat Hawaii 63-10 to last year with Mike Wright at quarterback. I think A.J. Swan is a better quarterback than Mike Wright is. Um, I think that's an easy pick. <laughs> yeah, give me that all day and twice on Saturday. I'd also probably take that. the over of, what, 50, what is that? I'm sorry, I lost it. The over of 55.5. Or, yeah, 55.5. I'd probably take the over as well. <laughs> no, I love that. Um... Another no-brainer for me. I'm taking USC minus 30 and a half. Yeah, they're going to start season hot. They did it last year. San Jose State, bad team. Um, Lost by a couple scores to Auburn last year. Lost to Fresno State. Lost to San Diego State. Lost to Utah State. Lost to Eastern Michigan in a blowout in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, (laughs) Squeaked out a win against Hawaii. Um yeah, San Jose State, they're going to get the doors blown off against USC. Uh, it's a Saturday night game. Everybody's going to be watching. I know I will, so uh, definitely going to throw some money on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Got to see the got to see the Heisman play. Um, I feel like we're getting a pretty good week, week zero slate right here. I feel like last year it was kind of lame. This year we're actually getting – I know it's not maybe the most exciting games, but we are getting to see two ranked teams with Notre Dame and USC, and it's two notable ranked teams. Usually we don't really get these teams on week zero. <laughs> Yeah, Vanderbilt's. They obviously they played Wii Zero last year too, so I'm excited to see that. Um, I am too. I don't have any more that's really sticking out to me. I don't want to give any more locks out right now. Um, kind of hard with these teams, especially with we, you know, early on in the year, it's kind of hard to judge where these teams are, especially these teams. Like these are not teams that me or Kenny are sitting here researching <laughs> to see what they did this no. off season. So, kind of going off what, what I saw last year. Let's get some early bets out. Let's win some money. Um, my favorite picks are definitely the over 15.5. Notre Dame Navy, I like minus 1.5 for UTEP and the Jacksonville State game. Um, love Vandy, minus 17. I'll take that all day long. Um, and then USC, minus 30.5. That's more of just a little fun pick, but get some solid value at uh, at minus 108. So yeah, get your money back. Throw some money on it. Sit back, kick your feet up, enjoy some football, and uh, let's win some money. Let's pad up that betting account, roll into next week, and uh, start betting on some big football games. Week one is a coming, boys. It's on the way. It's on the way. Well, that does it for me, Kenny. Uh, I know it's been a while since we did this. It was a lot of fun uh, getting on here again and be able to do a little bit of college football talk. And hopefully we'll have a lot more of this coming up soon because 
Right, man. It's time to start doing our weekly bets and, you know, covering all the stuff around the college football landscape again, especially them dogs. So I'm excited for it. Um, I guess I'll do a little shout-outs. If you want to, check us out on Twitter, Peach State Tailgate. Um, YouTube, um, if you're here on YouTube right now, if you're going to watch the YouTube video, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of those podcast platforms. And if you're listening to us on the podcast platform, come stop by the YouTube every once in a while. Turn on notice so you can see when we go live, and you'll be able to get a little early view of what we talk about, and you'll be able to see our beautiful faces. So it's worth it. Um, I think this is going to be the only one we do this week since we already talked about bets and stuff. I think we kind of got all the way cleared through this week. Um, also, enjoy some college football this weekend. Right. Yeah, enjoy it, man. It's uh, It's been a long time coming, but it's finally here. And, um, man, I can't wait to just – watching football in general is awesome. You can only get so much satisfaction of watching – Guys try and make the roster in preseason NFL. So yeah. college football, college football is a different beast, man. These guys are out there playing for the love of the game, um, and 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 we love the game too. That's why we like to watch it. But like Jake mentioned, appreciate all support. Y'all check us out. Happy to be back, and uh, we'll be back soon. Hoorah!